Hello, and welcome again to Our Stories. That's right, we're still celebrating Kwanzaa. Habari Ghani, what's the news? Tonight, our story is Rupo Willie by Virginia Kroll, illustrated by Catherine Roundtree. Woodhupo Willie. Once there was a boy named Willie. You could always hear Willie coming. If his toes weren't tapping, his knuckles were rapping. One day, Aunt June warned, you're gonna jam your joints that way. Willie thought maybe Aunt June was just scaring him into being quiet, but he stopped knuckle rapping just in case and started using some things to help him out instead. At supper time, his fork tinkled a tune on his drinking glass until Mama said, stop chiming before you put a chink in that cup. But Grandpa said, I'm hearing music. He thought about gedras, drums made by stretching skins over the mouths of jars that he had seen on his long-ago trip to Africa. Once, Willie used his knife and borrowed his brother's besides for tapping on the tabletop. When he put a slit in the oilcloth, Grandma bellowed, Stop bebopping your beans around, boy. And that ended that. Until the next night at Jacoby's Pizzeria, when Willie took two hot pepper containers and shook them so that the dried pepper flakes flicked softly together. Mama gave him a dark-eyed stare, and Grandpa talked about the rattles that the Bushmen make from caterpillar cocoons, dried and strung together. Grandpa said the Bushmen put bits of ostrich eggshells inside to make that same soft clicking. In school the next day, Willie's pencils tick, tick, ticked across the desktop. Mrs. Austin crossed her arms and requested, William, please wait until music class to display your musical abilities. But in music class, Ms. White was teaching note reading instead of instruments. After church one Sunday, when Willie had made rhythms by shaking the change in his pockets, Pastor Nash swished up in his long black robes. Son, he said in a sermonizing tone, there's a time for making music, but that time is not when I am preaching. On the way home, Grandpa told Willie about the akasas that the God people make by stringing beads over gourds. But just to be safe, the next Sabbath day, Willie sat on his hands. Willie's birthday came. Daddy, Mama, Grandma, Grandpa, Aunt June, Davy, and Willie all went to Kiang's Chinese restaurant to celebrate. As they were enjoying their egg foo young and mugu gai pan, Willie used his chopsticks for, you guessed it, Grandma scowled and scolded William 
That will do. Daddy asked, have you got a loose switch somewhere, Willie? Making your limbs go all out of control? Seems to me, Grandpa spoke up. There's a woodhopo trapped deep down inside that boy. A what? The family asked all together. A woodhopo, Grandpa repeated. A colorful, long-billed African bird, always pecking at trees or cackling in a chorus, making one kind of rhythm or another. Grandpa talked about African rhythms and how drums in Ghana are hollowed out from the cedar tree to be talking drums, called atampan. He told of dun-dun drums in Nigeria, long, slender-waisted drums with ends of goat skin and cords that run from top to bottom. The cords are pressed to make different tones. Whenever Willie heard music, his hands started hopping and his toes set to twitching. When no music came from anywhere outside, a rapping came from inside, itching to break free. And he ached to play the instruments of his ancestors that Grandpa still heard in his head and in his heart. The rhythms rolled like thunder through Willie too. Sometimes at the African-American Center, Willie watched the musicians. He felt like something would burst from inside him. And when he went home, the rappings and tappings were so loud that Willie got to wondering about that wood hoople. When winter came, icicles hung long and sharp from the railings of Willie's apartment building. One day, on the way to the library, Grandpa snapped off two thick ones, and handed them to Willie. Willie clinked them together and clunked them on light posts and rippled them along the chain link fence. Grandpa told Willie about the melodious sounds of balas and balafans, African xylophones. One icy, frosty evening in December, Daddy, Mama, Grandma, Grandpa, Aunt June, Davy, and Willie squeezed into the car and drove to the African-American Center for the fifth day of the Kwanzaa celebrations. Tonight, they would be celebrating Nia, or purpose. Kwanzaa, a family festival. Seven days of Kwanzaa. Umoja, unity. Kujichagulia, Control of your own life. Ujima, responsibility. Ujama, sharing. Nia, having a purpose. Kuumba, being creative. Imani, having faith. Willie could feel that Wudhupo thump, thump, thumping in his chest. The memories of last night's music made his toes tingle and his fingers flex. He was making the sounds of the African drums. There were also trills of bamboo flutes, twangas, and reed flutes called ritas echoing in his ears. Willie and his family parked the car and walked into the center. Something was wrong. All was too quiet. 
Are you sure there's a Kwanzaa celebration tonight? Willie asked. There's no music. They looked around the center. Dancers in butterfly costumes slouched and slunk. People shuffled idly about. When bow, women bowed their cloth-wrapped heads. Men's shoulders sunk, making them look dull, even as they wore their agbadas, traditional African shirts. Suddenly, a microphone squeaked and squealed. A man in a zigzag dashiki tapped on it to make it hush. I have an announcement, he said. Our drummer had a car accident on the way here tonight. The crowd gasped, but the man held up his hands. He is okay, but, he shrugged, I'm afraid that tonight's celebration will have to do without drums. A loud ah rippled through the center like a giant ocean wave. No drums for Kwanzaa, Mama asked. The whole spirit of the night will be lost without them, Grandma sighed. You got that right, Aunt June shook her head. I want to go home, whined little with Davy. Willie said nothing. He just stared at the do-nothing drums in the corner, the carved-out trunks of African trees with stretched-over hides of African animals. Willie's fingers flexed and trembled. Grandpa crossed his arms and leaned back with a foxy smile. I'll, I'd say... It's time to set that hopo free, he said. Willie's stomach did a somersault. You waiting for something, Grandpa said. Something moved Willie's feet right up to that corner. He made him, it made him sit right down in front of the silent, hollowed-out trunks. Willie's fingers slid over the skins. They pulsed against his palms. He started tapping, patting, rapping, Soon his body was bobbing to the beat. His heart was throbbing to the thumping. And his stomach wasn't somersaulting anymore. The other musicians heard the call and clamored to their instruments. Willie heard the shimmies of the tambourines and the shakes of the gourds with the bamboo stems. The butterfly dancers took to the air, swooping and swaying, fully unfurled. Vibrations shivered through the soles of folks' feet and turned their standing into snappy, peppy stepping. The music drew more people from outdoors. They came in a flock, flapping and clapping, rejoicing in the rhythms, filling up the center, spilling back out the doors. Willie looked up. When Grandpa saw him, he made his smiling eyes dart back and forth across the ceiling. And Willie was sure he saw it, too, zipping and flapping around the room. Would Hoopo Willie by Virginia Kroll, illustrated by Catherine Roundtree. And I hope you enjoyed the Wahoopoe.